You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. You know the thing about good food? It brings folks together from all walks of life. Your ultimate source for the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen and Bubba are your guides on this culinary adventure. People are going to line up for miles around just to get a taste of my food. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice as it relates to Disney dining. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. From quick service to fine dining, you'll discover all the best restaurants and food as you hungrily explore the Disney parks. Let's do this thing! The Dining at Disney podcast. And now your hosts, Kristen and Bubba. Welcome to another episode of the Dining at Disney podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about dining at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I am your hostess with the mostest, Kristen, and with me is my lovely co-host, former cast member, restaurant guru, and future Club 33 member, Bubba. <laughs> How are you doing, Bub? <laughs> well, it's been a couple... That's good. Hello. Is your weather nice there? I'm awesome. Thank you for asking. I'm doing great. Yeah. A hundred degrees all week. That's California for you. Can you repeat that, Bob? Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry. A hundred degrees all week. Sorry if I went out. It's a hey, hundred degrees all week in my, so it, uh, So town, it's a little bit. Uh, so it's warmer so north than it is. to the heat like south of where you are. that in the summer. So Like warmer big. where you are now. Like compared to where you used to live. Uh... Yeah, well, in Anaheim, where I yeah, well, I'm in Bakersfield, which is basically almost this. It's like oh, so you guys sit in the valley there, which is a central valley, and it's just the heat gets just kills us over here, and you know it's nice. Yeah, we're in the valley, so up north, you know, San Francisco and all them, they get the rain. Down south, Anaheim, they get basically 70, 80 degree weather. Sometimes wow. it can reach 90, but, you know, they get, that's why Disneyland's there, because it's the perfect place to, you know, for weather, <laughs> in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Tennessee's weather is, that's, Cal- that's California for you right Because, of course, there. Nashville sits in a valley, <laughs> and then you have East Tennessee, where University of Tennessee is, uh, out in Knoxville, and that's mountains, and so the weather is cooler, and lot less humidity than it is, you know, where I am. So just weird difference in landscaping. Well, today's discussion, yeah. we're going to be talking about Tony's Town Square. Oh, yeah. There's a dining package there, as well as Miami Takeover taking place at Plancha at Four Seasons Orlando. We've got some information where you can experience some nice Savannah flavors and some AP news for food, of course, for Disneyland. And then coming up later in the show, we will have a very special guest, and that is is Pam Brandon. You may know her from, she is one of the, well, the food writer for the Disney Park blog, as well as if you own any of those Disney cookbooks, you know her name because it's her and the Disney chefs that author all of those amazing cookbooks. So she's going to be on talking about her experiences with Disney and talking about the dining options at Shanghai Disneyland. She has already been there and had the opportunity to experience it. So we're really excited about, about that coming up later in the show. Well, let's go ahead and dig into the appetizer and talk about our Disney news for today. And you have some big, nice AP discount news, Bubba. So so tell us all about this yumminess. Yes, I do. 
Well, we rumored last show, last the uh, podcast or webcast, that uh, annual pass holders at Disneyland will be able to purchase a refillable popcorn bucket and a uh, sipper that they'll be able to refill all summer long, I believe until September 4th or 5th. Um, September 5th, they'll be able to refill all summer long for a dollar. So, uh, you know, it was a rumor, but literally a couple days after the show, Disney finally confirmed it and they are doing it. They started it on May 27th, uh, right when summer kicks off and it'll go all the way until summer ends. So for you annual pass holders that go to Disneyland, the popcorn bucket is $15. It's a nice, uh, nice good size bucket. I believe it's around uh, 48 ounces and it's uh, $15. It does have a Mickey on there with AP uh, labeled on the side of it. You'll be able to purchase that in Disneyland or Disney California uh, and you'll be able to refill it for $1 every time you visit a popcorn cart uh, that you'll see around Main Street, uh, haunted near the Haunted Mansion, Central Plaza, Star Trader, Small World, wherever you see a popcorn cart, $1 you'll be able to refill that popcorn bucket all summer long. Also for $25, you can purchase two of the Made for Magic sippers, either the World for World of Color uh, sipper or the Chernabog si- a refillable sipper. Those are $25 each, but $1 to refill all summer. Those are pretty good size to refill. You can also fill them with frozen beverages so you can have one of the uh, frozen uh, Maurice's? Uh, apple drinks that are around uh, the near Snow White. I forgot which one it's called. Uh, you can have yeah, you can have Maurice's wow. Treats has uh, one of the frozen drinks. You could fill those up for a dollar fifty, which is a steal in my opinion. That's you know that's something that you you can enjoy all summer long. Uh, man, I wish they did this earlier, uh, past couple of summers. But uh, you know this is definitely something that you're gonna have to take advantage of when you visit the park as a pass holder. If you have friends that are pass holders, tell them to you know purchase it. You know when you go visit them, they'll be able to refill it for one dollar. Now you can refill these places at a lot. Of of a, a lot of the um, the restaurants or carts out in the uh, in Disney California or Disneyland, so you're gonna want to make sure and see where you can refill. Like I said, every popcorn cart, every popcorn cart, you can fill it up for a dollar at the um, uh, with the popcorn bucket. The drinks, basically anywhere that um, that serves beverages, uh, I I haven't seen any problem with it. Nobody said, no, you can't do it here. You can't do it here. Basically everywhere that has soda or the frozen drinks, you can refill them for a dollar. And you know, take advantage of it. It ends September 5th, uh, right at the end of summer. You must have your annual pass holder to purchase and to refill the the bucket or the cups and uh you know to take advantage of it i hope to get one i should be in the park in the next couple of weeks uh, i haven't been in two months and i'm starting to itch and get nice. a little fiendish I, but, uh, you know i wish uh, I'm definitely disney world would do that i mean dollar for a refill next time i go to the park i mean what a good deal and you have a cool souvenir bucket that you get to keep you know yeah now, can you get popcorn exactly. over at personal, Disney California uh, Adventure as well? Too, so, no, when you're done with it, it's a collector's item, in my opinion. Yes, you can. From what I understand, every popcorn cart, there's a popcorn cart near uh, Buena Vista Street, near Cart They Circle, Paradise Pier, and in Grizzly Peak. Nice. Uh, those are the three locations I believe those popcorn carts are at, and you can refill those also Yeah, it would, it would make sense to me that you would not be able yeah. to. I don't know if you can do it at Downtown I'm pretty sure you can do it at Downtown Disney. Uh, I know they... Yeah, I would make, yeah. And then you yeah, also so have some, some Animal Kingdom Just news Just do it inside well, right? Disneyland or Disney California. 
Yeah, so, you know, I haven't been to Disney World, but, you know, I'm going to give a little bit of news for uh, the Animal Kingdom. They're having a new experience that's going to be called Savor the Savannah at Disney Animal Magic Kingdom. This is a chance for uh, you and your family, uh, you know, to have a great private safari uh, in your own vehicle and join expedition through the Harambe Wildlife Reserve. You know, a guide will point out uh, some of the wildlife around, paint pictures for you, uh, talk about fascin fascinating facts along the way. One of the great highlights for this is you will stop in an exclusive viewing area where you'll get to sample a, a selection of regional beers and wines for all you uh, guests 21 and up. And uh, you'll have African safari-inspired tapas uh, to dine on, uh, you know, to snack on during that. And once you're done with the uh, safari, you'll be able to get something from Disney to commemorate your time doing the safari. They said it's going to be an unforgettable keepsake, so I wonder what it's going to be like if you happen to do this. Let us know what it is. I would love to see what it is. Uh, you can book this through, uh, I believe, calling the uh, WDW tour at 407 uh, 407-939-8687. It's $169 per guest. You must have valid theme park admission, and uh, each participant must be eight years or older. And so it's limited to 12 uh, maximum guests. And depending on the weather, it may affect the schedule, so be ready for that. But this sounds like a very fun type of safari. I've never been on a safari before, and I've never been to Animal Kingdom, so I'm sure the safari is uh, really this cool. This is going to be something that's unlike any other way that you bucket list when you it comes get to, to see Disney, animals. Uh, I mean, experiences. It's, it's impressive the way the way that they set that that's up it. that the animals, you know, because you don't want to be eaten by a lion or a crocodile or a cheetah. So they've got it set up that it, they're not in cages. You know, you see them and it appears that it's like you would see them on the savannah, except for <laughs> things are laid out in such a way that they can't get to you. So it's it's really awesome to get to see them in that kind of environment instead of, okay, so I was just at the zoo a couple weeks ago. And, um, and instead of seeing them enclosed in a cage, you know, where they're like wandering around and, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. See, I would love to see that. I would love to. And then so I've got a couple right of Disney World news stories Drinks, as well. Food, One of them is the Miami more. Takeover Dinner taking place at Plancha. Now, this is going to be on June 25th, so not too much longer. Uh, Executive Chef Aaron Brooks from The Edge. Steak and Bar at Four Seasons Hotel Miami. Executive Chef Dina Marino from MC Steak. And Executive Chef Jose Menden from... Pub, Pub Belly Restaurant Group. These chefs, along with Chef Tim Dacey, who is from Kappa, he's the executive chef there, and executive chef Rabbi Saber will cook up exciting night of culinary delight for you. The five-course meal is going to include handcrafted charcuterie by Chef Brooks, crudo by Chef Tim Dacey, Parmesan Reggiano uh, Cavatali Pasta by Chef Marin. There's going to be short ribs with duck fat potatoes by Chef Minden. And for the dessert course, it's roasted peaches with thyme, whipped creme fraiche, and berry compote by Chef Sabre. Now, I think this sounds delicious. If you want to book this, you'll just contact Plancha or you could just contact Four Seasons wow. Orlando and they'll they'll take care of you for that. It's um If you haven't been to Plancha, the food is fantastic. We have in the past reviewed their awesome Sunday brunch. Um, I wish I was going to be able to attend this because <laughs> that just sounds amazing to me. <laughs> and I've never had a single thing 
at any of the restaurants at Four Seasons, but that wasn't like, this is amazing. Oh, wow. So, so that's going on. And then taking place over at Magic Kingdom, they added a new dining package that includes Tony's Town Square. This is a three-course lunch. And with that, you get the Main Street Electrical Parade, special viewing for that. Um, and that viewing section is going to be located at the flagpole, which is right up as you enter uh, the park at Main Street, right in the center there, right near the train station. The dining package will include appetizer, entree, dessert, and, of course, non-alcoholic beverage. No, there is no alcoholic kingdom. <laughs> uh, you can start off with, for your appetizer, soup, salad, or uh, zucchini fries. For your entrees, there's chicken parmesan, spaghetti with meatballs, which is what I just had when I was there a few weeks ago, or marguerite pizza. And for dessert, you can do the classic Italian tiramisu or a decadent chocolate cake layered with chocolate hazelnut filling. The cost of this is $45 for adults, $17 for children, plus tax gratuity, of course. If you are on the Disney Dining Plan, you can use one table service entitlement uh, to do that. And we have, of course, on the website, if you go to Dining at Disney, you'll find the link for the advanced dining reservations. Uh, you can make those via Disney's website or by calling 407-WDW-DINE or using the My Disney Agreement app. So that is our news for today. And coming up next is our interview with food and beverage consultant for Walt Disney World, Pam Brandon, talking about her time at Disney, as well as the Shanghai Disneyland dining options. Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently holding for further traffic clearance. Check out Kristen's new website, MagicalJourneysVacations.com. For all your vacation needs, Disney, Universal, Cruise Lines, and more. Thank you for traveling with us. MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Have her book your magical vacation today. Dining at Disney podcast, your ultimate source for delicious discussion about Disneyland and Disney World. Today, we have a very special guest, and it is Pam Brandon. She is the food consultant for Walt Disney World. So, Pam, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. I've got nice sunny weather today, so I cannot complain. Well, we are coming off a very tough week in Orlando, but we are hanging in there and staying strong. So it's uh, it's nice to get to talk to you about some fun things. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I will say it has been nice to see the Orlando strong hashtags in the way that Orlando is is coming together um, as a community. I think those things are great to see and they're very heartwarming. Indeed. Indeed. Well, let's get into some discussion. And first off, let's start with how you got started with Disney. Wow. That's been a long time ago. I often tell young writers probably before they were born because I started as a publicist for Walt Disney World, a senior publicist in 1987. And my very first office at Disney was in the Magic Kingdom over City Hall. And we, the windows looked out onto Main Street. Every day I drove my car under the monorail and parked backstage. It was a magical place to work. And it was such a small, you know, we only had the Magic Kingdom and Epcot at the time. So it was a really, really fun, we had a really small staff. We all fit in that one tiny office. 
And so um, I was a senior publicist from 1987 to 1995. Um, I left at that time to have a, a baby who's now 20, just turned 24. <laughs> and, She's beautiful. Um, Your yeah. daughter is so beautiful. Thank you. And when I when I left Disney, I left in November of 95. I got a call in January of 96 asking me to do some work on the 25th anniversary, just some writing work. And I was thrilled because I was just going to go freelance. And so I started working in January of 96. And I have never stopped. Um, the food part of my job really started about that time when the California Grill um, Rio, when the California Grill opened, the old top of the world, and food and beverage just took on a whole new meaning for Walt Disney World. You do some other things other than Disney when it comes to food. Would you let our listeners know a little bit about some of those things that you do? I do. Living in Orlando, it's been so much fun to have the opportunity to work beyond Disney. I um, edit a magazine called Edible Orlando. It's part of a franchise that's all over the country there. I think they're about 80 of them now. And my daughter, Katie, and I are the co-editors of Edible Orlando. And we've also co-authored a couple of Florida cookbooks, one called Field to Feast. It's all about Florida farms and one called Good Catch. It's about Florida seafood. We co-authored those with Heather McPherson, the former food editor at the Orlando Sentinel. So the three of us are very dear friends and just love singing the praises of Florida's farmers and fishermen. And out of Orlando does that every quarter. The, the magazine is quarterly. So, um, yeah, that's my beyond Disney. It's, uh, you know, really just um, a great love of the communal aspect of food. Well, and, and back to Disney, um, when it comes to the Disney Parks blog, when when did you start writing for that? Oh, gosh, it's been, you know, I don't know the exact date, but since it really launched, within a few months of launching, they decided they needed, you know, food is, when people are going on vacation, I, I read a study, the first thing, once they know where they're going to stay, the second thing they want to know is where they're going to eat. And so we knew that it was really an important part of the vacation planning experience for Disney. And so uh, logically to write about food um, on the blog where so many um, of our guests and also the media go for information. It was so since, since the beginning. <laughs> and there's so many great articles on there. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm always going to the blog and reading your stuff. I mean, it gets me excited. Like Tiffin's when that was getting ready, you know, being built and everything, getting to read all the details, which made it even more fun. Um, I was there the first day it opened and had so much fun walking around and looking at the details that I had read. Good. And so I love the fact that in there, there's some of those um, where they've got the actual photographs of people in different countries and you see Joe Rody in some of them. Yeah. I was like that, you know, that's a really cool thing that is, and especially for those diehard Disney fans that know who he is and, um, you know, get, get to see those little, little things like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it is fun. And you know, that's the greatest thing about Disney is, you know, the storytelling aspect and Joe is the greatest storyteller that, you know, I've ever met. So it, it is fun. And he's very, very cordial and, and loves talking with guests too. So that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know some friends that have had the opportunity to talk to him and they said he is just, he's a great person to sit and chat with. He is very smart and very well traveled. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of traveling, you recently got back. Well, I guess it's been a couple months now from going to Shanghai. Yes. And uh, what a fun day to talk about that because, you know, the park opened um, today. It was the official opening day. And, oh, my gosh, I got to go early. I went back in early April because we had to get the press materials written and translated into Mandarin. So I went over there just as the food and beverage team was all coming together. The park was in just, oh my gosh, it was really barely there. But every day we put on a hard hat and we walked through every single restaurant in Disneyland Shank. And Disneyland Park. And then we went to the Disneyland Hotel, the Toy Story Hotel. Some of the restaurants were starting to open and they were doing a little bit of work. But for the most part, it was really, um, it wasn't that hard to imagine because, you know, when you know the Disney product, but Shanghai Disney is incredibly beautiful. It's like the next generation of architecture and design. And I really think the food there, too, I was, you know, it's very, very international because Shanghai is a very international city. So while there's a lot of Chinese dishes, there's also all sorts of, um, you know, tastes from around the world. Now, did you get to try something from every restaurant? You know, not every restaurant because they weren't quite ready for that. But we tasted a lot of dishes. We really tasted more Chinese food at the time. And, you know, one thing I learned being there, Shanghai is um, the food in Shanghai is very much sort of noodle and dumpling based. And then you've got, you know, Yunnan and Hunan and Cantonese and all these other sort of um, Chinese um, tastes and cuisines. So the park has a little bit of all of those things. And that's what they were working on while I was there, even though there are other certainly and there's there's Western food because, you know, the Asian kids love Western food. They love an American burger, even though that park is very multi-generational. And so they wanted to have something for everybody. So for the grandparents, you know, they've got noodles and dumplings and then moms and dads may go either way. And the kids, you know, sort of want American taste. So the restaurants all have a little bit of everything. That's great. It's really fascinating, really, really fascinating to see. You know, Shanghai is a city of 25 million people, and that's the size of Florida. The state of Florida is 25 million people, so all in one city, and that's mostly going to be the um, guest that's coming, you know, regularly to that park, even though they'll come from all over China, Um, but it's amazing the amount of, in such a small area, the amount of people who will be coming there. Yeah, that is, I didn't realize that city was that big. 25 million people. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And, you know, the food was amazing. And I did one of those Shanghai um, night market tours, which was, you know, we ate fried snake and we ate crawfish. And, you know, it was just really, really, really fun to go. And I wasn't, I never got sick, by the way. Everybody (laughs) cautioned me, but, you know, I was perfectly fine. Um, I did have shots before I went, which I would certainly advise anybody who was going. But, you know, eating, um, you know, night market food was just such an exciting adventure. I bet that was really cool to get to see. That's always one of my favorite parts about going on a vacation, uh, especially internationally, is to see the different marketplaces because they're so different from any kind of farmer's market that we have in the U.S. I mean, the, yes. the kinds of foods that they offer, we would never offer in a million years. So it just makes it a lot of fun. 
It's true. And you know, that's how you really get to know a culture anywhere is really the food is, which is why I love writing about food and talking about food is because it is one of those communal things we all do. You know, there's nothing more fun than gathering your family around a table, certainly on vacation. You know, if you play all day and at the end of the day, you hope maybe your family gets together for one meal to kind of share stories. And the Disney cookbooks that I've written have, you know, that's, you know, my hope is that people take those books home and recreate and experience they had with family and friends around their own kitchen table. I know a lot of people use those cookbooks when they're hosting a party, you know, doing like Disney theme parties and stuff like that, because then it is everybody gets together and it's like, oh, this was my favorite dish at, you know, California Grill and somebody's favorite dish from Tony's Town Square. So I always think that's those, those kind of parties are fun. I love that. So of the dishes you tried, did you have a particular, uh, like maybe a few that were your favorites? You know, one of the things that I think they do best in Shanghai and that they did at the, my favorite dishes at the park really were the dumplings. Um, and they could be pork or chicken or vegetarian, but um, that's something, even in the cast cafeteria, they had a Western line so you could go through and get a burger, but you could, uh, you know, you could try Asian food every day. And I loved the giant, beautiful, big noodle bowls with, you know, fresh mushrooms and spinach. And, you know, you could do spicy and you could do um, just such an incredible, diverse um, sort of meal in a bowl. Um, that and the dumplings, I mean, th- those were by far my two most favorite. Um, I'm trying to think the ribs, you know, they did things like sort of that spicy Chinese ribs were good. Um, other dishes I really loved. That was honest to goodness, I think. And I was there for two weeks. I, I mean, I got in and got out fairly quickly. <laughs> but so I, I think I can tell you, I, I really had a lot of noodles and dumplings. That, you know, they're doing, though, for instance, you know, Royal Banquet Hall, which is in the castle, which is their character dining experience. It's a very sort of European menu. Um, and I know, like, the, the buffet at the Disneyland Hotel, Lumiere, is, which is also character dining. All of those, and it's a buffet, those um, have a very diverse, you, you know, you can go in there and get American, you can go and get um, European, you can get Asian cuisine, because they really... Um, work hard at that diversity. Are what do you know? What percentage of guests maybe they're anticipating coming from outside of of China? You know, I don't. But okay. it's not. It's this is mostly you know a Chinese um, guest. Okay, that's because of the population of China. And you know, there will be people who come from other places, just like you know Hong Kong or Tokyo had guests from all over the world. But for the most part, it really will be um, Chinese. Yeah. Which is pretty true of everywhere but Walt Disney World, isn't it? That it's pretty much only the local. Well, certainly Disneyland, you know, that the, the locals consider that their park. Um, yeah, you know, I never thought about that. But yeah, I think you're right. Disney World is probably has the, the most diverse, you know, because of European and, and um, South American, Canadian, American. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I would have to agree with that. So it seems that... Then do you know what the, I thought I had read it somewhere, but do you know what the percentage of the food is that's going to be Chinese versus having other international dishes? You know, it's changed, I think, as, the, as they tweaked the parks and got ready to open them. But I, I you know, it's, it's, I don't know. And I hesitate to say that it is, you know, a, a, every restaurant will have something Western and something Chinese, and then something they call Asian. So that could be Thai or um, another Asian culture. Um, 
besides Chinese, but almost every restaurant in the park, the only one I can think of that is not that is Wandering Moon Tea House, which is, as you come in the park, instead of um, Main Street USA, it's called Mickey Avenue. And at the end of Mickey Avenue is the castle. Um, and, but there's an area there called Gardens of Imagination that is kind of in front of the castle. There's a lot of green space in that park. And there's a restaurant in there called Wandering Moon Tea House that is all, it is kind of their paying homage to Chinese architecture and Chinese food. So everything at Wandering Moon is Chinese. Um, all the other restaurants, as far as I know, still um, have a little bit of Western, a little bit of Chinese, and a little bit of Asian. Oh, that's great. Because I, I, I do know people who are planning on traveling over there and checking it out. And of course, you have some people who are very picky eaters. Yes. Like the hamburgers, the pizza, and chicken tenders. And that's, you know, as far as they like to go with their food selection. So that's good that pretty much every restaurant's going to have something that they can choose from. Yeah, they'll find that. And also, you know, adjacent to the park is Disney Town, which is their version of Disney Springs or Downtown Disney. And it's got a lot of restaurants. I mean, it's got a lot of American restaurants. I, if I can find, I've got a list and I should know it um, better than I do. But um, it's got Cheesecake Factory, Wolfgang Puck, um, Blue Frog, which is a Chinese concept, but it's very Western. Um, it's got a restaurant called Coconut Paradise, which is Thai, basically. Um, Element Fresh, which is a very American or Western restaurant. Um, the Boathouse is there, which we also have at Disney Springs. So if you are looking for food beyond what's in the park, the other thing about the park that I think is really interesting is because it's mostly a day park because mostly Shanghainese will be coming there. They don't want to spend their time sitting and dining. They want to be on the attractions. So most of the restaurants in the park are fast casual. You can walk up and order your food and go sit and eat or walk and eat. Um, but if you want a meal, you can go out of the park. It's literally like at Disneyland. You can walk over to Disney Town and have a lovely meal and come right back into the park. So they give you that option of quick service in the park for the most part, um, or go to Disney Town and sit down and have a, a you know a lovely meal at one of, and you can do you know Western or Chinese or Asian there. That's nice, and I like the fact that it's so close that you can walk out of the park. Yes, it's, it's like over at Disneyland. Yes, yeah, it's beautiful. It's one of those things that unless you see it firsthand, like Disneyland, it's really hard to explain to somebody from Disney World <laughs> how close it is. Yes, where everything is a bus shuttle away. Yeah, I was trying to explain to somebody how close the two parks were because um, they were like, I don't know if we should just do one park a day or do a park hopper. And I was like, you're going to want to do a park hopper because when you get there, you're going to realize that the distance from the buses to Magic Kingdom is a distance between those two parks. I was like, it's that short of a walk. Yes. Yes, that's true. It's nice that you did the same thing over there. Yeah, it's very close. And then there are two hotels there, the Toy Story Hotel, which is a more moderate-priced hotel, and then um, the Disneyland Hotel. And they both have restaurants, but not really, you know, for the masses. I mean, Lumiere is, is a um, character dining, and it's a fairly large restaurant. But then Aurora, which is their most upscale restaurant, it's a little, you know, we can probably compare it to the California Grill or Napa Rose. Okay. 
Um, and then Toy Story has um, a, a buffet that's fun. But, you know, you, that I, I wouldn't call that a destination for dining. I would say, you know, the park and Disney Town are really your sort of options, your best options for dining. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun and you got to try a lot of great food. It was, you know, it's the experience of a lifetime. And I have so many cast members who are over there now working. And um, I had the opportunity to go back. And, you know, for me, it was just such an experience to be there when I was there. And I was just happy to to lend my expertise in writing and to be here and watch it unfold. So it's been really, really exciting to hear from everyone over there and watch their progress on Facebook and all sorts of social media. How long of a flight was that? Oh, wow. It's um, so from here to Chicago, I flew and that's 15 hours over water. You, yeah, that's a long flight. It's a really, really long time. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you sort of just psych yourself up to get on an airplane, and you know, but you know, going coming back from even Ireland is ten hours, or um, so it's just okay. It's another five hours, and you just get ready. Yeah, I, yeah. Flying any further than than probably Eastern Europe, I think, would be a little much for me. By the time I land, I'm like, I am ready to get out of this plane. I feel like I've been trapped in this little box for so long. Yeah, it's um, it's you know, it's part of the experience. Yeah, which is is funny because I almost always drive down to Orlando, and that's about a ten and a half hour drive for me. But I don't mind it in a car as much as I do in a plane. Right, and I, I know. It's so strange when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, the car you can stop and get out of from time to time. The plane you feel like okay, I've got to get up and walk around a bit. But you know, it's it like everything else. It's over in the blink of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> And there's so much fun to experience once you get to the destination. Yes, it's so true. So before we get into the lightning round, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Mm, Well, um, I have two new cookbooks coming out, two new Disney cookbooks. One is a desserts cookbook that's been in the works It's been, you know, um, probably a good year and it will be out in the fall. It's called Delicious Disney Desserts and which they seem to think was the book everybody wanted most of all. And then we have this year's um, Epcot Festivals cookbook. And rather than just being a food and wine cookbook, it's going to be flower and garden and food and wine. And um, that comes out in Right With Food and Wine in September. Nice. I like that last year that that's what you guys did. You had some of the, the flower and garden stuff in there, too. Yes. They're such nice cookbooks. I well, thank you. Which is crazy. It's so much fun. It really is. It's so much fun working with the chefs and putting the books together. I just, it's one of my favorite things to do. I bet. It is. And I know that a lot of times um, chefs are, you know, they're not good. So don't do so, so well at trying to write the books because they're so focused on actually making it that it always helps to have somebody else do the recipe writing. You've got to, and your recipes have to be so consistent. And I'm sure we make mistakes in the books. We try very hard not to, but we, you know, we have all of those recipes are tested by a home cook and a home kitchen so that we know when you take the book home that the recipe will work. The chefs definitely do not write recipes, you know, for home cooks that we would run without testing them. Oh, yeah. And of course, their recipes are for like 40 people instead. Yes, exactly. That's true, too. 
So, <laughs> well, I am excited about the cookbooks, of course. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into the lightning round of fun questions. Okay. And let's start with your favorite park. My favorite park around the world or here? I'll let you choose. Actually, if you want to do both, you could do I'll here. I'll do both. And you, do, okay. you know, and, and it's a, again, it's a tough one, but, you know, the Magic Kingdom is just such a special, it's the grandfather of it all. So um, here in Orlando. So I always feel like I love the Magic Kingdom, even though I do love Epcot. But, you know, Disneyland Paris is one of my just favorite. I love the, I love the castle. I love the food. Um, so, I, you know, that's right up there. It's on my to-do list. list. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really want it. You should go. It's, it's um, really, it's just really lovely. And it's a subway, you know, it's a train ride from Paris. So you can kind of have that whole, um, you know, French experience and have a little bit of Disney too. So I, I do love that. And they do and have they it do marked have it on the metro. Good. <laughs> I checked I that out last time I was there. I tried to convince my sister. I was like, come on, let's just take the day. Oh, yeah, you could do like, it. I don't want to. I want to. Oh. <laughs> Only us Disney files will go do that. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Your favorite attraction. Oh, my favorite attraction is truly is Soren. I just think, and I, the one in Shanghai looks really fun. You know, you, you soar over the Great Wall, and I, so I think that would be really fun. But I think it's, and we've updated it. So I, I, I love Test Track, but this is why I love Epcot. I love Soren. Soren. Okay. okay. So I know that's a favorite of many. Um, favorite quick service location. Quick service. Oh, you know, I always have so many. I really do. But um, so I really, I love Columbia Harbor House because I love the salmon and I also love the fish and chips. I do. Um, I love, um, I also love Cook's at Disney Springs, which is the little quick service window for Raglan Road because mm -hmm. that is some true, true fish and chips they're serving there. Um Wow. And you know, at Epcot, there's just all sorts of good little goodies around there. But you know, I'd probably say those two. Let's just stick with those two. Okay. You're doing better than I do. People ask me, I'm like, mind you, 10? I know. It's really hard. Favorite Disney princess? Oh, gosh. Let's, I would probably go old school and say Cinderella. That's I love the movie. Really oh, the movie was magical. Uh, favorite, let's see, favorite Disney character in general? Oh, Mickey. You know, I still get excited when I see Mickey Mouse. I just, you know, uh, that character is just so universal and so loved and definitely Mickey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I st I'm still the same way. When I see Mickey, I'm like, oh, it's Mickey. <laughs> uh, the Disney villain. Oh, probably Cruella, just because she's just such a piece of work, isn't she? Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite table service. Oh, now you're really asking me a tough one. Well, you know, um, I'm really excited about Flying Fish's reopening. It's going to open, reopen 
I hope, you know, certainly in the next couple of months. And they have a new menu and a, that restaurant is brand new. I mean, down to the studs, an entire new interior and a new menu. So I'm excited for that because I love that small space. I love a smaller space like that for dining. Um, and of course, Victorian Alberts, the chef's table is uh, just a, you know, it's kind of a once in a lifetime experience for our guests. And I, I love Scott Hunnell and I love the food there. Um, the chef's table's on my bucket list. I've dined there, but I have not done chef's table yet. Yeah, well, the chef's table is just a little more, it's a little more casual and a little more personal. And um, it's just, yeah, and the, it, it's it's so worth it. California Grill, of course, and the new brunch at California Grill. It's not that new. It's a couple of months old now, a few months old. But the brunch on Sundays at California Grill is so fantastic. I love it. Um, okay, so I will stop because I will just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite new restaurant in Disney Springs? Oh, I really, hmm, I, I, you know, there's some, again, I love the boathouse for their beautiful seafood. Um, Morimoto, oh my gosh, that rock shrimp, with the aioli, and those ribs, Morimoto's sticky ribs. Holy cow, those two dishes are worth it. And that has to be one of the most beautiful restaurants I've ever been in anywhere in the world. It yeah, is really, it is. Really beautiful. Um, so, you know, Morimoto and Boathouse are, are, you know, neck and neck. Homecoming, Art Smith's new restaurant is going to be really fun. It's going to have this amazing fried chicken, I hear. So that's going to be worth a visit as well. Oh, that'll definitely be a favorite of Southerners. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Morimoto's, I've been there five times already. Yeah, I think this, and then the sushi is pretty fantastic too. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's just a beautiful space to, to, to dine. Oh, yeah. Even if you're just going to go and, you know, have a drink and order some sushi in the bar. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's a, that's a great it's idea. And then, let's see. I know I'm missing something. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, favorite movie. You know, again, I think it's the live action Cinderella. I mean, I just that I just cried in that movie. I love that story. It was just it was absolutely gorgeous. I just saw Zootopia, which is really cute, too. And and I can't wait to see Finding Dory. And I love Finding Nemo. But honestly, if I were to pick all of those, I would have to say Cinderella. I like that choice. It's a good movie. Really beautiful. Well, that is, I think, my whole lightning round there for you. And why don't you tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can follow you, read your articles, and all that kind of stuff, Pam. Well, you know what? Really, the Disney Parks blog is where I would direct everybody to go. Um, and edibleorlando.com is sort of our local food community. And other than that, I, you know, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really. <laughs> I'm not very good at Twitter, and I'm on Facebook. But you know, I'm I'm really I'm just really old school, and that's why today it was so much fun to do this with you because this is just a fun, fun, fun experience. Well, you'll definitely have to come back again. It maybe maybe some sort of food and wine. I would love that. We'll be on stage at Food and Wine, Heather, Katie, and I. Um, the last weekend in, well, it's one of the first weekends. Anyway, I don't even know when it is, but we're, we're, we're on stage for a weekend. And then last year, Greg Hannon and I were on, the, the culinary director for Epcot, and I were on stage a couple of times together, and that was just a ball. So if you come, please come by and say hi, because I always love that. It's just so much fun to meet um, food, foodies. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's actually when I where I met you for the first time. 
Oh, that's so fun. That was what, maybe oh oh nine, something like that, I think. Wow. Either either we go nine or twenty ten. So yeah. been a Good. while. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Pam, for joining us today. Again, guys, don't forget, check out the Disney Parks blog and Pam's fantastic, delicious Disney food article. Okay, Bubba. So, dining tips. It's time for dessert. All right. So, what is your dining tip? Well, a lot of places you go to, um, you want, you know, there's something that you might like. Oh, I like this, but I don't like that on it. Or I like this, but I don't like that on it. Disney has is great to guess when it comes to customizing your food, whether you want to add something or you don't want to add something or, you know, take something off. And in some ways you can possibly save money depending on what you actually take off. So for example, I go to Plaza Inn and I get Walt's fried chicken, which I get every single time. That comes with uh, three pieces of chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, and uh, green beans with, uh, I believe like sliced red peppers. I'm not a big fan of the green beans, so Every time I go, I always double up on the mashed potatoes, which they don't, <laughs> they don't charge me at all. They, you know, and they, they're happy with it. I've seen some people double up on the greens, you know, and get uh, more uh, green beans instead of mashed potatoes. So you always want to ask around and see, you know, if there's some that doesn't look appeasing to you, you can always say, oh, can I double up on this and take that away? And then also, let's say you go, um, dine for a burger, you go to a quick service area and you purchase a burger and fries, but you just don't want the fries, they might be able to just sell you the burger and not the fries, but it'll be cheaper than what the listed price is. They might knock off $2, uh, you know, just for the not having the fries. So that's some ways you can save money too. You know, if you're not um, a big side person, you just want, you know, something, the burger to snack on. Let's say that. So always ask questions. If something doesn't look good to you or if something does look great and you want to add it onto your food, always ask questions. Um, you know, I know sometimes they may get frustrated with, you know, people asking a lot of questions, but, you know, they want to make sure Disney wants to make sure you have the best experience uh, when it comes to going to the park. So ask questions and, um, you know, get it the way you want it. That's basically my tip for you when you go visit any of the parks. Just like Burger King, right? But have it your way. Your, your way. Exactly. <laughs> well, I would like to, as as part of our dining tip, um, considering all of the current events that have taken place in Orlando, um, I would like to do a moment of silence for all of those that were unfortunately um, lost during the, the shooting in Orlando. And um, in light of those situations, um, this tip is, is gonna play into that. Um, Disney is going to be a little bit stricter with their security. You're gonna find them checking bags more thoroughly, uh, more people go through the metal detectors. So if you are spending your day at Magic Kingdom, but you're planning on having dinner at Epcot, 
make sure to plan right now some even more time than you normally would yes. because of security being tighter and it's going to take you longer to go through <clears throat> that. Um, try and be as patient as you as you can with uh, the people at security because they are doing this uh, for all of our safety um, so that m another tragedy like this does, does not occur. So, yes. um, yeah, just keep in mind longer lines going to be a little bit slower going through security, maybe add in an extra 15 minutes to, to your time to get to part than you, than you normally would. Definitely. So. Yes. Well, that is our meal for today. We want to thank you so much for downloading the show. We are part of the Weeby Geeks Network, so we can be found on iTunes, streamed on Stitcher. You can watch the webcast on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to our, our feeds. Don't forget to share it with your friends. And if you love this show, let us know. Let us know you like it. Give us a five-star rating and, and a review on iTunes. Bubba and I would both love that. We love yes. the feedback. We want to know what you like. What do you want more of? So let us know those kinds of things. Yes. You can even email us that at podcast at diningatdisney.com. And we, you know, we're happy. If there's something you want us to talk about, we want to talk about it. So mm -hmm. just ask us. We do occasionally get asked, how can we help support the show? One way you can do that is by shopping our affiliate links. We have the Disney Store, Garden Grocer, which delivers groceries to the Walt Disney World Resorts, Jelly Belly, which they make delicious jelly beans, and they even have some super cool, um, super cool dispensers for the jelly beans as well. There's like a Mickey Mouse one. There's a Star Wars one. You can also pick up our eBooks. There's the Dining at Disney uh, guides. We've got the Epcot Dining Guide. You can also find guides on our website from our dear friends, John Donahue. He's got his bucket list book on our site that you can pick up. And Tony Casanova, he's on there as well. His book is all about the Disney numbers. There's a fact you want to know. It's probably in Tony's book. Yes, so yes. you can uh, check those out. We do have a store page on the website. Um, and we are on Patreon as well. So you can donate as little as a dollar if you'd like to help us out. Uh, it, it helps us make the show better, sound better for you. Um, it's unfortunately expensive to get the right kind of equipment. Not too long ago, we just got Bubba a new mic. So he's yeah. doing good with that now. And uh, Testing, testing. <laughs> yeah, it works, eh? Yeah, it works well. <laughs> so, Bubba, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? You can find me on the social web, which is big underscore Bubba underscore B on Instagram and on Twitter. I uh, post, try to post. I've been not nothing really to post lately for when it comes to the Disneyland side. So you're going to see a lot of uh, posts now, probably since Shanghai opens in the next couple of uh, days, you're going to, I'll be posting, you know, stuff from uh, there that I see around the internet. So that way we can, get you guys in the knowing of what's going on at Shanghai Disney. And once again, if anything breaks at Disneyland, I'll definitely tweet it out or Instagram it. Once again, it's big underscore Bubba underscore B. As far as dining at Disney, you can find us at diningatdisney.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, 
Periscope, and even Snapchat. We are everywhere. So on YouTube, it is The Dining at Disney. Until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Kristen. With me is Bubba and Bon Appetit. This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings and is intended for entertainment purposes.